This is episode 37 with Elia Harris. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface podcast. A lot of people are working from home, are feeling overwhelmed right now as they weather the storm of this pandemic. Joining me today, I have productivity expert, trainer, and executive coach, Elia Harris, to discuss how to deal with overwhelm and stay productive while we work from home during this crisis. Elia, first, to clear the elephant in the room, we're not talking about the typical work from home. This is a crisis, a new normal, with a different set of elements, fears, and pressures, what are the challenges you're hearing from your clients about working while quarantining their homes? That's a, a, an interesting question because, of course, people are having challenges and the obvious ones are, <clears throat> I somehow have to fit my desk from the office into this little corner of my home. And by the way, I'm sharing this room with two other people and it's noisy as heck. Um, so how do we cope with that? Um, There's also the problem I'm hearing of people getting out of their regular routines. So they haven't found a way. They're starting to now. You know, we've, we've been doing this long enough where people are finding routines. And I'm hoping that during the course of our conversation, there will be some uh, ideas coming out to help with that. I do want to mention a podcast uh, that I attended recently that was put on by the Neuro Leadership Institute. And they came up with a fascinating study. Uh, there was a brain scan, an MRI, that uh, compared physical pain with social pain, social pain being what we're experiencing at the moment. And what they discovered was that the areas of the brain that were lighting up were virtually the same, albeit slightly differently. And the conclusion that they came to from that is that we are all experiencing pain at the moment regardless of whether it's a headache or a cold or something else. So we are working under our normal level of effectiveness as if we are sick. Um, so um, I, I wanted to mention that because that, that's actually a physical uh, representation of what we're going through. It's a real thing. And I wanted people to, to know that. Um, I also want to say that this is an opportunity for creative thinking. Anytime you put yourself in a different situation, I talk about this all the time in my creative problem-solving work, it gives you the opportunity to use your, your brain differently. And the final thing I wanted to say about this in terms of the generality of this is that the World Health Organization's advice is don't look at the news any more than twice a day. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm doing once a week at this point. Oh, good for you. <laughs> um, no, and that's, that's great advice. Now I, I want to go back to the part that you mentioned, the, the we're being socially impacted, right? The social impact versus the physical impact. When you say social impact, uh, uh, I'm thinking uh, the parents at home that are feeling the pressure to, to work and parent yeah. at the same time. And then also the people who are, um, whether they have families or not, really, they're getting um, getting more pressure to to 
perform or they maybe the pressure that they need to do better than before to keep their jobs if there is a absolutely if there are layoffs right because a lot of businesses are being heavily impacted by this yeah mm. and so operating under this level of overwhelm is the same as working when you are sick which obviously prevents you from operating at normal levels of performance yeah correct yeah now when you reached out to me you wanted to talk about how to, how to cope or deal with overwhelm mm -hmm. What's what's your best advice on this when when it comes to overcoming this? I have two parts of advice. There's the general part, which is this too shall pass, and we will eventually get into a new routine. We're we're in a stage of transition, so we need to deal with that. Something that helps a lot with uh, feeling discombobulated or overwhelmed is gratitude. Um, so a uh, practice that my husband and I do uh, before dinner every night is mention one positive thing that happened during our day. And it could be as simple as going for a walk with you at the end of the day. Or, you know, I, I put my focus on this and I actually got through this project. Um, something else that you can do is to think about your, your lifetime goals and make sure that what you're doing is still in alignment We're being shaken up in all kinds of ways at the moment, and it may also shake up how we feel about the the, um, the alignment with what we're doing. Is Does it feel true to us? In the part of how specifically to deal with overwhelm, my main advice is that planning is your best friend. And... I mean, planning right down to almost every minute. So for instance, on my calendar, I put aside sessions of two or three hours for projects that I need to work on. And nothing gets in the way of that. I don't do phone calls. I don't accept phone calls. I don't look at my email. So plan for those times. Um, prioritize your biggest work goals in the same way that you would your long-term life goals. So um, I don't know. Are you familiar, Alonso, with the book Essentialism? No. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen the okay. cover. So there's a fabulous principle in there called What's Important Now? And it's abbreviated to win, of course. It's, it's an easy way to remember it. And that's how you prioritize your time to say, these are the things that I need to accomplish. Uh, these are my biggest priorities. And then build your um, calendar around that. The third advice is to look at your to-do list. Um, a lot of us, when we create a to-do list and it starts to look messy, we start a new to-do list and we carry over the tasks from the old to-do list onto the new one without looking at those tasks to see if they're still relevant. And the other part of relevance is, are those tasks relevant to your priority goals? So um, I would play around with different types of to-do lists and decide how you're going to determine your three to five priority tasks And then build your to-do list around that and keep it short. You know, just keep it to the day or to the week. I, I very rarely do a to-do list that's any longer than a week because I have my list of priorities elsewhere. Yeah. You know, something right now that is really helping uh, with my team is we have daily stand-ups. So that it really holds yeah. us accountable to do that part. Sometimes we have the knowledge, but we don't execute on it. 
<laughs> and uh, I think that accountability of having to show up, uh, we're doing 945 standups where everybody's sharing like the top three things that they're going to be doing for the day. And that's really helpful. Right. Now, I think also you mentioned the idea of, you know, keeping the extra- distractions away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I love that idea. Uh, I'm a big practitioner of that. I, I know what's helped me the most. And obviously, I, I, it's not like I never get distracted. <laughs> But I do have zero notifications. All my apps don't have notifications, right? Uh, I definitely take advantage of the screen time or whatever, the downtime future on iPhone. And I think Android has the same thing where it basically limits your use for the apps to give you that awareness that you used an app for more than you said you were going to do it. Yeah. I think for a lot of uh, people who are maybe, I don't know, uh, may use LinkedIn professionally. Um. It's easy to go to LinkedIn and say that you're being productive because LinkedIn is a professional platform, but at the end of the day, you end up getting lost in the social media world. Um, Have you ever considered, Elia, um, or have you ever seen the idea of really checking checkboxes on a a spreadsheet as a way to manage what you do there daily? That's something that I'm doing right now and uh, as a big procrastinator, it has helped me really own the platform by saying I'm only going to I'm I'm only going to engage with three posts a day. I'm going to post one useful post. I mean, using my videos, right? Mm-hmm. And if I comment on your post and then I comment on one of my co- colleagues' posts and then I comment on some a colleague from a couple of years ago ago uh, post, that's it. I don't I don't get to participate anymore. Yeah. You raise a really interesting point, Alonso, because there are different tools that work for different people. And um, in fact, I'm working with one client who I'm, I created a checklist for her. It's, it's an empty checklist. It's just a, a week and yeah. she gets to fill in the, the uh, tasks because she likes ticking things off. She yes. can see her achievement that way. So yes. I think that's absolutely um, valid what you're saying. And it, it could work for lots of people. Something mm-hmm. else that can work for people is uh, if you know you're the type of person that gets distracted easily, you can yes. set a timer on your phone for like 30 minutes and you just work solid and then you, you get to have a distraction after that for five minutes. You can go and make a cup of tea, look out the window, play with the kids, whatever, and then you do your next set. It's, it's known as the Pomodoro technique. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's, it's very simple. On the other hand, that are pe- there are people who would rather, and I fall into this camp, I'd rather focus. I'm more of a marathon uh, worker than a sprinter. Um, and I would rather focus on a project for two or three hours at a time. And that's how I build my calendar up. Now, let's talk a little bit about gratitude. I wanted to check in with you about um, some of the insights from my experience with that practice. Okay. The idea of journaling, things that you're grateful for. Yeah. Right? When I was doing that, and I've seen that in many con- in many different types of formats, right? Just do a journal or think about it or visualize. And for me, when I started doing that, it, it was like a chore. Like, what am I thankful for today? Um, come up with something, right? And I wrote it down. And how do I feel? And to be honest, I did not feel any different. I'm just like, in my gratitude every day, I still feel like crap. <laughs> right? And what I found is 
with me without priming myself to do the exercise, the exercise doesn't work. Meaning if I don't, um, so I'll, I'll be very tactical here. If I don't go through, I don't know if you're familiar with Wim Hof, he has a breathing method to oxy, oxygenate your, your body, really, where you do a lot of heavy breathing, right? And you hold your breath, but basically you're giving oxygen to your brain. You maybe do some exercise. I do a couple of uh, 10 uh, minutes bouncing on a mini trampoline here, mm-hmm. right? And then once I have all the oxygen, once I I have um, that I basically honor my body, maybe a little bit of maybe 10 minute meditation or something, mm-hmm. Those gratitude exercises do not work for me. It's just it's just like a thing. I did it in the journal. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful. But what really got me closer to the idea of the result from these gratitude exercises was really the stuff that uh, the Buddhist monks really preach about being mindful and being able to be in a state where you can be in front of the the washing the dishes and truly appreciate the fact that you don't have to go to a river to pick that water. It's just coming through a pipe mm-hmm. and that you just get to just have it and use it to clean your plates mm-hmm. and how easy it is. Mm-hmm. I'd be able to focus on that. So really mindfulness on the little things as a way of practicing gratitude has worked better, be- best for me than just those, you know, and I really wanted to get um, some insights on your experience with this. Uh, a bodas, someone who helps other people with that and someone who practices yourself. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, different strokes for different folks. Uh, some people, I know a lot of people who appreciate that routine of sitting down, writing in a journal every morning, what they're grateful for. I I think you and I are in alignment on this. I, I embody it every day. You know, every time I look at my husband, I'm grateful for having met him. Every time I look around my house, I, I'm grateful for, you know, what I have, the, the privilege uh, that I have of being able to live in this gorgeous house. I'm sure you you feel that whenever you look at your family. Um, so if, if we're already there, we can put our attention elsewhere. We can put our mindfulness elsewhere. If we're mindful enough, we'll recognize the areas that we have difficulty with, like um, you know, not being worthy of earning a certain amount of money or um, comparing ourselves to other people rather than having the, the strength and the confidence to know that we, we are our own expert and we don't need to compare ourselves to other people. So finding those bits of mindfulness to then pay attention to, it, it's a different process. People are in different places along that path. Yeah, no, and then when you were talking about a mind mindset shift as yeah. a, as a, as the first step to deal with overwhelm, obviously, uh, is that is that right? You're talking about really being in practicing gratitude, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, let's let's. I wanted to move on on the part where we talk about, you know, how do you stay productive and focused while working at home during this practice, what are some of the, the, the tactics that you are seeing um, working the best specifically for this situation, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there is the general that applies everywhere. What, what's something that you could share that 
those who are listening right now, working at home and feeling overwhelmed for different reasons, or maybe losing their momentum, mm-hmm. uh, not, 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 not talking results, because we can't control results, but losing the momentum of their activity goals, mm-hmm. right? What would you be your advice for them? So the first thing I'm going to mention actually has a dual benefit because as you know, I do training and coaching in creative problem solving as well as uh, doing virtual productivity and organizing coaching. And in that area, as in what we're experiencing now, it's important to take breaks. When you're using your mind a lot, it takes energy. It doesn't feel like it because you're only thinking or writing, but it actually does consume energy. And so your brain needs a refresh. So step away from your desk, walk outside, go around the block, um, put some music on and listen to music or dance, um, do a bit of exercise. My husband and I have this routine where we've got like a soccer ball and we just stand on one leg. It's a balancing exercise and we toss the ball back and forth to each other. And we text each other, you know, with a picture of a soccer ball for a break. It takes us three minutes, but we have the opportunity to get exercise. We breathe more, we laugh, and it enables us to go back and do something fresh. I think it also involves consciously being aware that we have to create our own ability to um, take a break and to focus. So both sides of the coin. It's our responsibility at the end of the day, uh, what we choose to do with our time. And we're, we're adults. You know, we know what we respond to. We know what Um, distracts us. So I think this is a really good time for people to take more responsibility for themselves. There are no teachers there to, um, you know, work with the kids and say, you know, do this. There are parents, obviously, but parents know their kids in a different way than teachers do. And so there's the opportunity to help their kids grow. Um, but the bosses are still there, but they're not looking over your shoulder. So you really do have to take responsibility for doing the work. And it's an opportunity to say, okay, one of the benefits of this time is that it's giving me more time to think. So what ideas can I come up with? How can I take a half an hour of time to just brainstorm on a blank sheet of paper and noodle on some new ideas or um, think about the the things that we're doing now that aren't working. Isn't this a great excuse to chuck things out of the window that just aren't performing well, either as a product or a service? Mm. Yeah. It's a good time to look inwards professionally and declutter things that are not moving the needle whatever your goals are i I, that's i think that's super valuable um when you were talking about the breaks uh, one of the biggest things for me is not not only take not not only forgetting to take breaks but for forgetting to drink water that's so important and that's how you end up with the huge headaches at the end of the day when you're staring in front of a screen for long periods of time without water (laughs) so what ended up working for me after many different iterations of things to try to get me to not forget about drinking water, I created this rule where I have my bottle here, right? It's 22 ounces. If I don't, if I don't finish these 22 ounces, no tea, no coffee, no juice, 
literally no other type of form of liquid goes inside of me. Because sometimes we do and get up and get that coffee. Yeah. And coffee dehydrates you. I mean, if you, I don't even count that as what. Well, I do count it in my app as a liquid, but yeah. that's another story. But really giving yourself some sort of uh, reward for drinking that 22 ounces of water and then go yeah. to the next one. And a signal for not drinking enough water is feeling tired. That means Ooh. you're getting dehydrated, yeah. And that's usually when people go and get the coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drink that's water, so not coffee. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> Uh, no, that's that's that was beautiful right there. Um, what else, what else do you have, um, Elia? When it comes to this, I mean, I'm well, I'm trying to think here, and one of the things that I saw that you know one of my colleagues here is like you know is definitely the working from home has thrown thrown his groove off mm-hmm. as far as that we're really talking about their momentum. Mm-hmm. And I was just chatting with a friend who recently. Um, coming he's you know he's feeling depressed because um he's not working on he's a soccer coach for dakers mm-hmm. so in his case he's not working right now right but part of the story that applies to those working from home is that he is you know just kind of waiting for this to end and obviously he's not uh, getting ready in the mornings and all this stuff and i think a lot of people working from home are doing the same Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can see that when you jump in the zooms. Like right now, I'm still wearing my shirt that I use. Like I have not changed the things. I do have control before, like the before and after yeah. of this crisis has not changed uh, as far as all the things that I have control of. Meaning, I still get ready at the same time. Like I haven't really changed the routines and how yeah. I get ready. Yeah. And those who do let that go, I think they are feeling the the impact of a new normal because they're also part of the problem right and this is actually a really good time and it's going to sound ironic but it's a really good time to take control of something even though you feel like you have no control over anything else the act of taking control of something whether it be Mm. going for a 10 minute run in the morning or um, reducing the amount of sugar that you eat it's there was a time in my life uh, where everything was so up in the air. I wasn't working. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to cover the rent where I was living. And I decided to stop smoking because that was something that I had control over. And so it gives you, it also gives you a certain amount of confidence when you've done it, you know, you can do something else in the same vein. It gives you more confidence uh, to, to take control over more things in your life. So if you feel like you have no opportunities for work, you might suddenly start thinking about, oh, well, I have these skills. Let me see if I can develop that as a revenue stream. Yeah. Now this is, uh, Elia, this was a, a, a great quick chat with you. I, I know for me, it's, it's taken me years to get to a place where to going from knowing to doing Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who are stuck knowing but they cannot get to doing it right because mm-hmm. sometimes it's not about not knowing things it's about like you're just not doing them like you yeah. know what you need to do like you're listening to this podcast like yeah. yet after you turn this off there is a big chance that you will still go back uh, wake up next day and not do any of the stuff that you decided that yes this resonates this makes sense I should do it but you're not doing it and that's when you really need someone to hold you accountable that's when you need maybe someone to give you more specific advice and 
And that's how you have people who become your clients and end up working with you. Really quick, for those who are uh, looking for an extra hand during these difficult times to weather the storm and not lose their momentum uh, in their journey of continuing to be high performers, what uh, what's the best place to find you and what are some of the things that you have going on right now to, to help them? Great, thanks. Uh, my website is mindfulorganizing.net. Uh, I talk about virtual organizing and productivity sessions. I do a free 20-minute phone consult for anybody who wants to explore whether it might be a good modality for them uh, to get support in that way. I also have, because virtual organizing is so new to people, I'm offering a mini session. It's a half an hour of, um, you still get a good quality session time with me. I've been doing organizing and productivity coaching for five years and doing it virtually for four years. So I'm very familiar with the format and uh, people will feel very comfortable with me. So first step is just get in touch. We'll have a conversation and see if it's something that could work for you. Thank you so much, Elia. Thank you, Alonzo. It's been a great conversation as usual. Uh, well, and for those who are listening, uh, a couple of quick announcements before you leave. Uh, for reference, you can access these episode's notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP037. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP037. Finally, if you enjoy listening, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in and remember to live a life that moves you.